0: I can see when somebody is making choices based on their knowledge of the world after having read a script, as opposed to making up their own given circumstances. It is fine to personalize work as what we want from young artists, but we want you to personalize based on why a song was created originally.
1: Welcome beautiful artists to The Vocalist Podcast. My name is Christine Toole, and I am your guide to navigating your voice and this incredible, yet at times scary, world of theater. Here you will learn from professors at the top musical theater programs, theater professionals in the industry, and from me, your guide in all things singing and voice. I am so glad you're here to join in the conversation. Let's pull back the curtain together and make your big dreams a big reality. Hello, beautiful artists. Today, we are talking with Victoria Bussert of Baldwin Wallace University. She is the director of music theater. Victoria has a treasure trove of tips for us, and I wanted to dive into some of those before we got into our discussion. Victoria talks about this idea of becoming a musical theater professional throughout college so that when you enter into the professional world, it's not this huge shock to you. She stresses her students to work in professional theater while at Baldwin Wallace so that they can earn EMC points, they can get used to the process, They have professional shows on their resume, and they are ready to work when they graduate. Victoria even says that they run their rehearsal processes to the standards of equity, so the students get a feel for what that is. I think that this is so important. Because I don't think that I was made aware of how a professional prepares for a rehearsal process. And it wasn't until my first professional show, right at the end of college, did I get to see that. And it was a big wake-up call. These equity actors had all of their lines memorized before they stepped into the first rehearsal. They had done the character work. They were there to learn the blocking, to to create with the director, to connect with their fellow actors, but they already had their foundation in their mind and in their body, setting them up for success. I was blown away when I saw that. So I think that this is invaluable that she talks about how to become a professional before you get into the field. Ooh, and I love this point that she gave. She talked about doing the work, which is one of my very favorite things to talk about. Doing the work means doing the character work before your auditions. So you are prepping for your songs and monologues by reading the play, understanding the character deeply, answering all of those questions that lead you into a deep dive into the character. You know them front and back. Then after that, once you understand the stakes of the play of the particular scene you are in, then you can create your own scenario that relates to your life so that you can bring some of your known emotions into the work. But that happens way after you have done all of this other work. This is the thing that will make you stick out. Not how high you sing, not how big you belt. From all the people that I've spoken to and from my personal experience, this work is the work that will make heads look up. That is it. As Victoria says, they could go and vocalize you on the piano if they wanted to know how high you could sing or how high you could belt, but they don't. They want to see a storyteller. They want to see a smart actor who is there to do the work. If you want to learn more about that, please message me. I would love to talk about it with you. And the last piece I want to touch on is that Victoria says there is no such thing as an overdone song. I could not agree more. As long as you love the song and you connect with the song and you have done the work on the song, it doesn't matter if it's one of the quote unquote overdone songs with your work behind it, your personal interpretation and your passion for the song. You will never lose singing that song. It will always be a win. So I know a lot of people get in their head about that, about songs that are overdone. And I agree, don't just do a song because you heard it and it's popular But if you hear a song and it connects with your soul so deeply and then you continue to do the character work behind it and connect with it as the character, you can never go wrong. Oh, this is such a good one today. I hope you enjoy it. Happy character work and happy singing. So today we have with us Victoria Bussert. She is the Director of Music Theatre at Baldwin-Wallace. Welcome, Victoria. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being here. I would love to start with what uh, role you play at Baldwin-Wallace, classes that you teach, your role in the audition process, just a little bit about yourself.
0: Well, I have been the director of music theater now for more than 20 years. I created the current program that we have, and I teach music theater workshop uh, to every year of our students. So I have a semester freshman year, semester sophomore, semester junior, and both semester senior year. And the other three semesters are also called Music Theater Workshop, but they're uh, dedicated to non-musical acting scene study.
1: Okay, perfect. And, and what brought you to Baldwin Wallace in a nutshell?
0: Well, I actually have my MFA in directing from Northwestern University, and I was working professionally around the country for about a decade. Um, I was based here in Cleveland at the Great Lakes Theater Festival, downtown Cleveland. I was the associate artistic director, and Baldwin Wallace actually approached me and said, we know you wouldn't be interested. Do you know of anybody who might be interested in taking over our music theater program? We're going to give it one more chance. And I said, I'd love to tackle that. So um, I have kept my professional directing career going this entire time, both in this country and other countries. But I created a program that I thought would have the desired results for young artists who want to make a living in this career. So that's what we have done. Uh, I sort of took what it was to be a professional mentor in the business prior to music theater programs being offered at a collegiate level and combined that along with academia. And we've had a, a very good track record of our graduates
1: working. I love that. I, you spoke a little bit to Cleveland, and I wanted to ask about um, being close to Cleveland, and I know that there's a lot of theater opportunity in that area.
0: Well, we actually, our program has affiliations with both the Beck Center for the Arts and Playhouse Square. Each of those organizations produces one musical a year for us, okay. along with having our um our large musical in the fall on campus. I am the resident director for Great Lakes Theater downtown. So I direct the majority of their musicals, as well as being resident director in the summers for Idaho Shakespeare and Lake Tahoe Shakespeare.
1: Oh, very cool. It's a lot of lot of outside opportunities as well to, to yeah, get you, you know, that I, professional I have space. a strong
0: belief to train actors to be able to hire them. Mm -hmm. So, um, all of our students, up until COVID, all of our students would earn EMC weeks at one of our theaters, one of our professional equity theaters, and we will start that again this year now that uh, theaters are back on their feet.
1: That's really awesome, I think, because it, it gives them a chance to regional equity theater and I feel like a lot of times people go from college to a big city like New York and thinking okay I want to go from A to B and just turn it on and I feel like that is so incredibly valuable to show you here's what working in theater in different cities and different states can also look like and I think that not a lot of people get that opportunity.
0: It's a critical part of that bridging between academia and the profession. Um, Our grad Colton Ryan was a perfect example of this. He had just done two summer seasons for me at Idaho Shakespeare and Great Lakes was playing Tony and West Side Story in our fall musical when he was literally taken from his final performance Uh it, In West Side Story and brought to New York is Ben Platt's standby in Dear Evan Hansen. So the goal is while you're learning your craft, you're also learning the craft of how to be a professional in a professional environment. And I don't think producers would have taken the chance with him had he not had the credentials of, yeah, I've been playing eight shows a week at these professional theaters. So it's something that is a critical part of our training. We have a a long track record of our students graduating in May and already working on Broadway in June or July. Um, And I think it's because the bar we hold our students to is very rigorous and very high, and we have fantastic relationships with the industry. We do a minimum of 10 master classes a year with New York agents and or casting directors. Mm-hmm. And starting your sophomore year, you are singing for those. So we start bridging academia to the professional world early on.
1: I love that. And that gets you in the mindset of being a professional early on and, and understanding how do I be in a professional rehearsal process? And that's, that's really so great important. and invaluable.
0: You don't want to have a misstep your first professional show outside of school because you never learned what are equity breaks. You don't yes. know what an equity rep is. You know, it's we do all of our rehearsals here by equity rules. So everybody is already used to the process. But then you have to have the exposure of being in a room with experienced equity actors. And that's what we're able to do.
1: Yes. I think that's invaluable because I didn't, I personally did not get that experience until. Right after my senior year. And it was, it was like, whoa, the equity actors brought a whole different, um, level to the rehearsal process. They came and they already knew their stuff. And I thought, whoa, I did not <laughs> know. So that is truly, truly invaluable.
0: Well, how would you know what the expectations are if you haven't been exposed to it? Right. So
1: we take care of that. (laughs) That's incredible. I know you just mentioned quite a few, but are there any other things about the theater program in specific that really stand out to you as special or or that you love about Baldwin-Wallace?
0: You know, Christine, I think the fact that everybody on our faculty in music theater is a working professional is really important to us. We are not training actors to teach. We are training young artists who want to be able to make their living doing this. And because we know what that bar is, because we work in that arena, we are Constantly adjusting our curriculum to meet the demands of the profession, of the current profession. Um, And because we're involved in the current profession, we're able to do that synthesis pretty easily. Mm. So as soon as Hamilton opened, we were able to add two uh, levels of hip hop into our dance training. So we will constantly be evolving, because we're in an art form that is constantly evolving. So if we were teaching today, what we were teaching the same curriculum from five years ago, our graduates would not be having the success that they're having.
1: Right, keeping it extremely current.
0: You have to. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Speaking a little bit to auditions now for the program, I always like to ask as far as program auditions, what what is something that you wish you saw more of in the audition room or or that when you see it, you just you love it?
0: Well, let me start with saying that we don't do a pre-screen. Mm-hmm. Um, we, it, we're a live art form, and we want to see um, young artists working live, whether it's on Zoom or in a room, because Zoom makes things more equitable in terms of people who can't afford to travel, and that's fine. I think one of the things that I'm drawn to, because because I'm a professional director, Is I love to see, I can see when somebody has read the script. I can see when somebody is making choices based on their knowledge of the world after having read a script as opposed to making up their own given circumstances. It is fine to personalize work, that's what we want from young artists, but we want you to personalize based on why a song was created originally. We want you collaborating with a librettist and a book writer and a composer, understanding what the stakes were. That made a song happen in a musical, then personalize it, which is very different than saying, well I'm I personalize this like I'm talking to my best friend that you know well, are the stakes the same? I mean right. you we want to see your artistry and what you can create um, rather than it's not a test of notes or memorization. If it was a test of range, we could establish that far more efficiently by sending you over to a piano and vocalize you. Mm-hmm. So we're interested in seeing a young artist's work, you know, from the pieces they choose, why they chose them. You can see the depth of connection that people have with the choices that they make. So I am drawn to... um I'm drawn to young artists who are making bold, passionate choices as opposed to playing it
1: safe. Mm, Yes. And I think I was going to ask what maybe you wish you saw less of in the audition room. Is that fair to say? Choices that are really safe? and
0: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, there is no audition outfit. There is, for my money, because I work as, as a professional director, there's no such thing as an overdone song. As I always say to my students, you know, if you are in the final callbacks in New York, everybody's going to be singing the same song. And that's exactly how we will know who we want to cast. Mm-hmm. So it it's never, you know, I'm... It's never a problem for people to choose what they hear are overdone songs, but I want to hear it their way. I want to understand the depth that they are bringing to it, their interpretation.
1: Yes. And that's what I like to tell students that work with me pre-college. I think that they have a lot of anxiety about, oh, am I choosing the right song? And And that's exactly it. That's what I try and tell them. Make it, make it yours. Do it if you love it and, and dig into the context and, and really show up with a song that you absolutely love and have worked on and, and feels really rich. And you can't go wrong, I think.
0: You can't, you cannot go wrong. If you, if you resonate with a piece, bring that. That is what will separate you out. Many people can, you know, have lovely voices and, and, you know, um, yes, they can sing the right notes and the right words, but that's not artistry. That's,
1: craft you know right absolutely yeah not not getting too wrapped up in singing the highest and, and oh my gosh and though, or no, the loudest exactly or, and
0: for me in auditions I want you to sing what you love oh yeah you know one of the things that we do is we ask people auditioning for us to prepare three cuts but they won't know until they step in the room which the, I will choose two of those three cuts. And the only reason I do that, that's not to try to throw anybody, it's just in order to have some spontaneity. Because what we don't want to see are robotic, you know, this is my 15th audition. I'm just, that doesn't help anybody. We want to see you. So we try. If you audition on campus, there will be dogs in the audition room. We will do everything to make it feel comfortable because, again, there's no point in making it a frightening experience. We want it warm and welcoming to try to allow a young artist to
1: Share themselves with us. Hmm. And that makes all the difference, I know, when I was going and auditioning. It's hysterical
0: because we literally will, like, see posts about, there is a
1: dog in the room. It's like, yep, (laughs) there was. (laughs) You can't have a bad audition with a dog in the room. (laughs) Not exactly. It really helps a lot of the time. (laughs) It does. (laughs) That's great. Um, I would love to ask you just one more question. What are you most excited for in this new year at Baldwin Wallace?
0: Well, you know, being back and we're in rehearsals right now for Into the Woods. Mm -hmm. And because the whole cast is vaccinated and the the creative team being back in the theater rehearsing has been such an incredible joy. I think, you know, one of the things that this pause ha- has done for all of us is make us really re- re-appreciate being in this field, training young artists. It's been really exciting. Even we've done a few little concerts and just the the thing that I love about theater is the human being to human being connection. It's why I don't do pre-screens. Just Having that opportunity, our seniors did a concert at the end of the first week of classes um, for about a, an audience of about 400 people. And just to feel that energy bouncing back and forth again was, uh, I don't know, it was so important. It It reminded me of why I wanted to do this in the first place. And the importance of human connection, the importance of developing empathy. Um, what we learn in person, you know, talking or just being in a room together is so important. And maybe Zoom taught us what we don't get, you know, I mean, or what we try, but. There is nothing like being breathing the same air together is really important.
1: <laughs> it is it's it's so important, and feeling each other's energy. It's why we do it. Oh. It's
0: exactly why we do it. Mm-hmm. And as much as I love film and all of that, it's not the same. it's I was back in in a Broadway show a week ago today. Uh, I have two grads and waitress, and that was my first show back post. You know, the shutdown and it was, you know, I was in tears just being in a totally full theater, watching these performances, watching my grads up there. It just was like, uh, I will never take it for granted again in the deepest possible way.
1: Yes. And that has been something so beautiful to come out of this. I've heard so many artists say that. I don't think I don't think we will. I think we'll always cherish it. No.
0: No. And I think it really made me remember like why I was doing this at age seven. Yes. That is literally what I'm trying to do in this production of Into the Woods. It's like, what is it like to be down in your basement creating fairy tales out of whatever's <laughs> there? Let's get back to that initial joy. Yes. And that's what we're working on.
1: Oh, that sounds so magical.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's been great so far. It's, you know, it's a tough piece, but everybody is digging in.
1: So. Oh, one of my favorites. <laughs> oh, great. oh, Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Vicki. I really appreciate it.
0: It's been a joy. Thank you for asking me. I really appreciate that.
1: Thank you. And people who are interested in Baldwin Wallace can go to the website and and find out more about that oh
0: yeah you can do a deep dive on our website in terms of the music theater program
1: perfect thank you so much vicky thank you take care you too thank you so much for tuning in today i'm so glad you're here if you would like to put these skills to work come on over and work with me today you can visit my website at www.thevocalistworkshop.com or on Instagram at The Vocalist Workshop and also on Facebook at The Vocalist Workshop. Please rate and review the podcast. It means the world to me. Thank you for listening and I'll see you next time.